Hey everyone. Oh, welcome to today's call. We're going to talk about how to think yourself thin, which technically is not much different than programming yourself thin with hypnosis. It's one and the same. Um, but regardless, either way, it really takes a mindset first approach to changing your weight, which I think is the main part. And so we will talk about thinking consciously and thinking subconsciously to become thin. Um, but both are really about thinking. So the first thing is I'm going to talk about the two types of thoughts to make yourself thin. But the first thing I want to do is take a step back and realize that how you typically try and approach weight loss, usually most people, is they'll use their conscious willpower to force themselves to try and act different, right? And so the only thinking that's really going on is that usually what you don't want to be, right? So typically when people want to lose weight, it's really a extreme intense focus on what you don't want. Don't want to be overweight. I don't want to be fat. I don't want to be an overeater. I don't want to keep eating the wrong stuff. I don't want to feel like shit. You know, whatever it is you don't want. And um, there's a couple reasons for this, right? So again, you know, if you've never listened to me speak before, you know, I like to give a bit of context. You know, I don't want to just tell you what to do. That's not going to be enough. You know, I want to give you some context for why things happen so that you can be more strategic with your weight loss. Because right now, most likely you're very tactical, right? You're just trying to do something, you know, trying to cut down the carbs. You're trying to eat less fat. You're trying to eat less junk food, whatever it is. It's like a tactic, you know? And so the more context you have, the more strategic you can be, the more kind of a holistic approach you take to this process, the more you can find solutions, you know, to the problems. You can find cures. And I just did a video on this. And this is just, um, I don't know if there's other countries, in America for sure, our medical system for sure is a symptom. We, we, we treat the symptoms primarily. We don't really find the cures. And so with weight loss, it's kind of an extension of that where we're always looking to treat the symptoms. And we just assume we just accept that we're always going to be hungry, that we're always going to crave unhealthy foods, they're always going to be tired, they're always going to be unmotivated. And then we think we just have to fight against these things. But that's not true. The truth is that that these, your hunger, your cravings, your moods, your energy levels, these are all things you can influence, you know? And so when we start to take a, a zoom back a little bit, I talk about that a lot, I use that phrase kind of zooming back, because we usually have this kind of one perspective, we go through life and everything we're just... I gotta stop eating. I don't even, we see it one way. So we zoom out a little bit, we see the whole thing. We can start to recognize connections. You know, we start to say, oh, well, I'm not sleeping enough. So that's making me tired and hungry. I'm uh, not drinking enough water. So that's affecting my, my moods and my energy levels and, and my hunger, you know? And we can start to recognize cures, you know? And that, that's what I try to put in your mind because right now you think weight loss is gonna be so hard. You just anticipate it's gonna be this never ending process of stress and hardness and fighting against yourself doesn't have to be that way. You know, it can be a much more calm, relaxed process. You know, I'm not fighting against food all the time to manage my weight. You know, I've created a lifestyle, I've created a way of thinking, a way of behaving, you know, of living so that I'm at my goal weight and I customize it all around me so it's comfortable and it's natural for me. You know, it took work to do it. It took some time to do it, but here I am, you know, and it's, I maintain my goal weight as easily as I would maintain extra weight. You know, it's just, it's all about taking a step back and being strategic with how you're doing things, okay? Now, that being said, what we're talking about here specifically is taking a step back and looking at our mindset, how we're thinking about weight loss so that you can literally think yourself thin, right? And so when you look at it that way, I can almost guarantee you that you, part of your new thinking patterns will be, well, hey, you know what? Maybe I should go to work on programming my subconscious mind once you understand what it is, 
Okay. So let's start there. If we're going to talk about thinking, what are we talking about? We're talking about your brain, right? Now, you know, you know, intuitively to some level that, that your mindset and your thinking is a huge component of the results you're getting, you know, good or bad. And you're on the right track if that's what you're thinking. I think it's the most important thing. I think, you know, in, in my program, it's, it's mindset. So I, I say they're pillars, but really I think it was like a pyramid almost. And I, I like that idea. So the, the bottom is mindset. It's the biggest piece. It's the foundational piece. Without the mindset being proper, nothing else matters. You know what I mean? Like, again, it's just, it's classic. You can't build a house on a foundation of sand, right? So we got to have the mindset piece there first. And then there's lifestyle and then there's the eating. But the mindset's the, the big key one because everything that's happening with our weight is run by your mind. Your, your mind and the way you're thinking has way more to do with your weight than your hormonal imbalances, your metabolic disorders, your menopause, all of those things. I hate to tell you, does environment matter? Absolutely, environment matters, definitely. Um, but, you know, it's the mindset is even more important than the environment, you know? Truth. Now, environment's real, and that's a real thing. So again, we want to influence the environment to make sure it's supporting us, okay? But we could be in any environment, and still, if we're thinking properly, we can, we can succeed in it. You know, so the thoughts are always the, the most important part, more important than the physical thing. OK, so if we're going to start thinking about thinking, great, we're going to talk about our mindset. The first thing we need to understand is what is our mind? You know, and I'm not saying this like flippantly. I mean, it literally, you know, people will be watching this. You've been trying to lose weight for decades, you know, and it hasn't worked. Um, and what I'm here to show you, I do these lives. I do the I do all this stuff for free because my first thing I want to convey to you is that I know you're probably in this space where you think you can't lose weight and that you're a person who just doesn't have the willpower or basically there's something wrong with you that you can't lose the weight. And so I do all these free videos and these free lives to really convey to you that I promise you it's not you, it's the strategies you've been trying to follow. And the main strategy you've been trying to follow is a dieting one where you expect someone to give you a plan and then you're going to try and force yourself to follow it. Right. And so it doesn't matter. I mean, you might be keto, you might be low fat, you might be intermittent fasting. It doesn't matter. Take your pick a tactic. Okay. And if you look a little bit beyond that, what the plan is, is that you're going to try and force yourself to follow it. And so the one tool you really have when it comes to weight loss, the one tool you rely on almost exclusively is willpower. And you try and use willpower to force yourself to act in a new way. So let's talk about why that doesn't work, okay? It's not because you're broken. It's not because you don't have enough willpower and you'll never be able to change. It's because you're not being strategic with how you're using your mind. And you're not being strategic with your mind because you do not understand your mind most likely. And so the first one to understand is that you have a conscious mind and a subconscious mind. And the conscious part of your mind is the logical, rational part. This is where your willpower is. This is the party that knows what you should do, knows why you wanna lose weight, knows what you should do, tries to get you to do it. And then there's your subconscious mind. <laughs> and this is the part that's actually in control, okay? This part though is not logical and rational. It's just, it's very computer-like, it's very childlike. It just associates things together. It's very literal, all right? And so just because you know all the reasons why you should lose weight, the subconscious mind does not absorb those necessarily. So your conscious mind says, okay, it's Monday, I wanna lose weight. Let's do this, I'm ready, we're gonna make it happen. And your subconscious mind is just like, okay, it's noon, let's go get a sandwich and some chips. Right? And then, then the afternoon comes, hey, let's go get a candy bar at the candy vending machine. And it says, oh, it's nighttime, let's go sit on the sofa, watch our show and eat some ice cream. Right? And so, right, that's what you're feeling. That's what every weight loss 
attempt you've made, you run into this same exact situation, but you don't have the awareness to be able to define it. You're, you don't have the, uh, the conceptual understanding of what's going on. You just say like, what the hell's wrong with me? I wanna lose weight, why, why am I struggling like this, right? How can I force myself to keep doing it? And so I, I tell you this, and now you've heard this, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna like, like that's a funny thing of the mind. Sometimes things can be right in front of us and we won't see them, all right? And that's what's going on here. And so I, I want this to be something exciting for you because as you start to have some more definition and an understanding of what you're working with, again, it's very, the, the strategy naturally follows, you know? But I wanna point out that you've been trying to lose weight for decades, 10, 20, 30, 40 years, and you have no idea about how your mind works. So how could you, how would you ever be able to lose weight? You know what I mean? Like you, you're using the exact same tactics over and over and over and over and over again. Yeah, and someone says, and when I feel abused, I want to eat. Yeah, right? So that's the subconscious thing, right? So here's a, here's a reframe for you. We always do things for a positive intention. So when you feel abused and you feel like shit and you feel like you just feel so terrible and you just want to feel better, well, the food makes you feel better for a moment. Let's say, oh, I don't want to gain weight though. Well, the weight gains in the future. And right now, if I eat the food, I'm going to feel a little better. So I'm going to do it. That's how your subconscious mind thinks, you see? So when you understand this, I mean, there are just so many things become clear and, it, and it, it fixes so many like subtle challenges that ruin people's weight loss attempts. So many, I mean, it's everything, but some of the big ones. So that like, for example, you know, this person says, well, when I feel abused, I wanna eat. So in the past, you know, when you eat the wrong foods, like you feel abused and you eat and then you get mad at yourself, right? Instead of saying, oh, when I feel abused, I want to eat, why? And what are some other things I can do in this situation instead? Do you see what I mean? So instead of like trying to figure out what can you do when you feel abused to feel better that has nothing to do with food, you're just beating yourself up. And so the thinking part becomes, let's be strategic. There's reasons why you're eating, you know? Some of it's just pure habit, but a lot of it is that you're getting emotional fulfillment out of it. You got emotional connections to it, emotional eating. And what a lot of people do is just throw out the emotions. I say, I'm going to stop that emotional eating. Well, then you're throwing out the positive emotions you were getting too, you know? So we need to be more strategic, all right? Um, someone says, I think my old traumas has wired my subconscious to not have success with many goals, not just weight loss. Yeah, I would agree, Jessica. Absolutely. Um, because your subconscious mind just associates things together. Do you understand? Like, they, they don't have to be logical, okay? Um, it's, it's just, that that's the big thing I'm trying to make here. Here, let me back it up a step and make it even more obvious. You are a subconscious being. You're primarily a subconscious being who runs their life on autopilot. I don't know if this freaks you out or if this is news to you because you probably intuitively think you're this conscious being just making decisions throughout the day. You're not. Your conscious mind is about 10% of your brain. Your subconscious mind is about 90% of your brain. You just run on autopilot. Okay, do, do we understand this? Let me give you an example of what I mean. If you've ever gone on vacation, especially like to another country, but if you've ever gone on vacation to someplace brand new, but especially another country where you go and you've never been there before, it's like, you know that experience where it's like you have to think about absolutely everything. You're like, you wanna get coffee in the morning? I don't know where to go. I my paper in the morning? I don't know where that is. I gotta go get gas? I don't know where that is. Right? And you just have to think about absolutely everything. And what? It's wicked tiring, right? Because you're not designed to think of every little thing. You're designed to basically go on autopilot, to conserve energy. That's the main organizing principle of your brain is to conserve energy. And that is your subconscious mind. And the subconscious part of your mind, it stores energy differently. Um, energy, it, it stores uh, like the, the, the 
behaviors you do, that the thoughts in your subconscious mind are stored much more effectively. I'll give you an example. This is why you cannot ride a bike for 50 years, get on it, and you know how to ride it. Now that experience is not you getting on the bike and saying, okay, now I sit on it kind of straight, now I tighten up my right muscles, now I loosen up my left muscles, and now I, you're not consciously going through it, you just know how to do it. Well, how do you know how to do it? It's because you learned it and it went into your subconscious mind. They literally have brain scans. When you first learn, I could teach you a piece of information today and they'll do a brain scan on your brain and it's in one part of your brain. When you go to sleep, that same learning moves to a different part of your brain. You can think of it like short-term and long-term memory if you want, okay? And so the information moves to a different part of your brain and when you have habits, like when you learn a new habit and then you learn it, it goes to a part of your brain called the basal ganglia and it just runs on autopilot. This is why you can do things like writing, reading, using a computer mouse, driving, you know, like any other skills that you've actually learned, they're stored in your subconscious mind and you don't even have to think about them to do them now, right? Well, guess what? These are where your eating patterns are. These are where your eating programs are in your subconscious mind. The way you think about weight loss, it's in your subconscious mind. You have all these stored up programs that were installed there without you installing them. They, they got installed there and now what happens is you, these programs run automatically, just like you could not ride a bike for 50 years, get on the bike and just be able to ride it, right? Because remember this one too, neural wiring, you can't get rid of it. Have you ever had the experience that you've dieted for a couple months, couple years, and all of a sudden you cut off track and the old habits came back like that? Like they never went away? Because guess what? They never went away. <laughs> you can't get rid of old wiring. Now what you can do when you want to be strategic is you can layer new wiring over it that runs automatically, new wiring that keeps you thin, that keeps you healthy, that keeps you happy. You can wire that new wiring over it so it runs automatically. That sounds like a much more strategic approach to master your weight, doesn't it? Than trying to consciously micromanage every little thing you do forever. That, that doesn't work. Your brain's not set up that way, you know? Um, so, you know, it's it, it becomes a much different approach. I'm going to get to that, Micah, in one second. Or I, I think I might have told your name. Is it Mia? Um, I'm going to get to you in one second with that, that question. So, so okay, so this is the key thing, right? So, and I hope this is exciting to you because I know you're probably feeling despondent and discouraged about your weight, but I'm just here to tell you that it's because you've been relying on a shitty strategy. It's the shitty, it's not a strategy. The strategy of consciously trying to force yourself to eat better forever, it, it's silly. It's silly to the extreme. It makes no sense when you understand how your mind works. Okay. Um, it's very tiring. So I'll give you one more example just to kind of bring the point home. You can think of your conscious mind, think of like your mind's like a cruise ship. The conscious mind is like the captain. Your subconscious mind is like the crew. And so they each have their jobs to do and you need them all working together for the ship to run right. You can't have the captain say, hey, crew, get out of here. You're all fired. I'm going to do everything myself because the captain will be able to do it for a day or two, then burnt out. Okay. And that's what your dieting feels like. Does it not? It feels like you can do it for a little bit while you're really fired up and motivated and then you can't keep it up because it feels like you're fighting against yourself because you are. It is your conscious mind trying to stifle your subconscious programming. And this is what it feels like. You use your conscious mind to, to stop, stop, stop. No, we're not going to eat tonight. We're not going to eat that. We're not going to eat that. No, they're not going to eat that. We got to go to the gym, <laughs> right? And it's like, holy shit, it's so tiring. And again, when you take a step back and look at it this way, it makes no sense. So what makes more sense? Well, it makes more sense to start using your conscious mind to reprogram your subconscious mind, to start focusing on your subconscious programs that are running. It's a different approach right from the get-go.
And so when you do approach it this way, I will have to let you know that the, I, I want to put this right out front because the down part of this is that it takes longer. Okay. Um, and this is the bullshit you've been sold with weight loss with all the diets is that it, so, so for right now. So here, here we go. So let me start this one. I got to say this and you, you, all of you that listen to me all the time, I got to say it again. The diets that you have learned how to lose weight from primarily, because at this point, be honest, you can't even separate weight loss from dieting, right? You can't even think about how to lose weight without dieting at this point. It, it's like these diets, they put them right into our brain, like a big old virus. So sucked onto our brains. So we can't even imagine losing weight without a diet, you know? And, um, and here you are, you know, but these diets are the same companies as the food companies, right? Do you know Weight Watchers was owned by Heinz? Do you know that Jenny Craig was owned by Nestle? Do you know that SlimFast was owned by the same company that owns Ben and Jerry's ice cream? <laughs> right? Do you know that the company that owns Atkins Food Products is the same company that owns Ann's Pretzels and Cinnabon? Do you really think they don't want you to eat their foods? Do you? <laughs> I don't. And I think that like when you wonder like, oh my God, the diets, nothing works. The diets never work. I mean, they don't work for you. They don't work for anyone, do they? Right? The numbers, numbers, 39% people can't make it past a week on a diet. 75% can't make it past a month. 95% ultimately fail to lose weight on a diet. When your friend tells you they're going to go on a diet and lose weight, do you, do you, is there a cell in your body that believes that's going to happen? Honestly, you know? But here we are. We, that's just what we keep trying to do. So there, you're you're right now. Talk about subconscious programming. When you think about weight loss, a better way to think about it is that you're trapped in this mindset. You're literally in a state of hypnosis. When you think about weight loss, you think about it in a very specific way, and it's completely inadequate and wrong. You know. So again, getting back to thinking yourself thin, all of your weight is dictated by your thinking ultimately. Okay. And how you're thinking about your weight, food, how you lose weight, how you change your behaviors, how your mind works. You have no awareness of any of these things. You have a diet mentality where you're saying, give me the plan and I'll just follow it. Just give me the plan. I'll follow. Just tell me what to do and I'll follow it. You know? And then you get to a point where you know all the plans. You say, I know what I got to do. Uh, I know what to do. I just got to get myself to do it. Well, no, you, you don't know what to do if you can't, if you don't know how to motivate yourself, you don't know what to do. If you don't know how to change your behaviors, you don't know what to do, right? <laughs> if you don't know how to get yourself to eat well consistently, you don't know what to do, you know? And that's, the, that's where you're at, you know, at this moment in time. And it's because these companies have put this concept of dieting in your mind. And so the worst part of dieting of all, there's a lot of them, but the big, 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 uh, trap of dieting, the biggest one I think, mental trap, is that diets are thought of as a short-term thing. Subconsciously, when you think about dieting, you think of it as a temporary thing you're going to do to lose the weight. And this is the first problem because you subconsciously think of diets like a sprint and you think it's like, I'm just going to do it for a while and I just want to lose the weight. And that's the next piece that you think about weight loss primarily as you, you think your main motivation is that you want to look better right? I just want to lose the weight. I just want to lose the weight, right? And I just want to look better. And so wanting to look better is an extrinsic motivator. It's the weakest form of motivation, okay? And so this is one of the reasons why you don't have enough motivation, that's part of it. But the biggest problem is that you think a weight loss is a temporary thing, okay? And so I'm going to show you how to change this right now. And so instead of saying to yourself, I just want to lose the weight, because that's what you say, right? It's like a mantra running through your mind. I just want to lose the weight. I don't give a shit what I got to do. I just want to lose the weight. I just want to lose the weight, okay? I'm here to tell you that's a completely wrong goal. Your subconscious mind is extremely literal. 
in in a sense it's it's like a computer in the sense that you have to be very very specific with what you type into it when you're coding a computer you can't just give vague ideas generality is what you want you have to write in very specific code for what you want your subconscious mind is the exact same thing you have to be very specific with it with what you want it's a servo mechanism it responds to what you put into it so in computers they got the saying guy go garbage in garbage out right that's what's going on with your mind you're putting a lot of bullshit in that you do not realize because you're learning it and we're surrounded by it that diet mentality is surrounding us and we don't even realize it you know but i'm going to show you i'll show you exactly what i mean in, in one simple way so you like a mantra are obsessed i just want to lose the weight i just want to lose the weight you keep saying that right but let me show you a better goal and you're going to feel the difference you're going to feel it it's going to instantly illuminate different it's a different neural connection in your mind and i want to, i want you to experience this i want you to notice this because this is how hypnosis works you reprogram your subconscious mind and it takes longer than the diet okay but it it's effective and it works and you're gonna feel it now so right now notice that you think you just want to lose the weight but what if i tell you a better goal would be to say you want to return to your goal weight and then you want to live at your goal weight for the rest of your life on near autopilot is that not a thousand times better goal <laughs> does that not feel a lot more accurate for what you actually want and it orients you to a completely different goal and that difference in goal causes you to choose different strategies to achieve it when you start keep saying to yourself i just want to lose the weight it's very easy to choose extreme plans you say i'll just follow it for a little while till i lose the weight now here's the problem right because the worst thing that can happen oh thanks for the rose um the worst thing that can happen is that it's not that you don't lose the weight the worst thing that happens i've seen for people is they lose the weight and then put it back on and that's probably where a lot of you are at right now where you've had this experience where you lost the weight and then put it back on and you've probably done that a couple times and now your subconscious mind associates losing weight with failure you know and this is where things get really difficult all right um, because you can't even get yourself started on a plan now okay and you feel like it's because you you feel like it's something wrong with you and i'm telling you it's not it's the programming it's your subconscious program it's the way you're thinking about all this right because the only way you can think about losing weight is this diet thing where you jump in 100% on day 1 and try and maintain that 100% till you reach your goal weight you never learn anything you never optimize anything for yourself you never customize anything for yourself it's always just following someone else's plan and trying to follow it perfectly and you can do it for a little while but you can't stick with it you see and so right off the bat we want to set a different goal that I want to live at my goal weight for the rest of my life on your autopilot that's what I want to do and so now you start looking at this more as like a marathon right because if you look at this as a sprint right if you're running a sprint and you trip you're losing that race you need to be absolutely perfect oh malala thank you um you need to be absolutely perfect if you're running a sprint and that's subconsciously how you think about the diets and your weight loss you start the plan and you make this agreement with yourself subconsciously i'll do it and i'm going to do this extreme plan but i better do it perfect because that's how i'm going to get the fastest best results possible <laughs> and you set yourself up for failure because this isn't a sprint it's not a sprint anyway because let me ask you this how long would you like to keep the weight off for what <laughs> oh forever you're not approaching it that way though are you you're approaching like you just want to lose the weight and then you lose the weight and then you don't know what to do literally right so that's a lot this may not make sense to you but subconsciously when you keep just saying i want to lose the weight i want to lose the weight i lose the weight and then you lose the weight now what do you say to yourself 
I think what happens is people put the weight back on so they can lose the weight again. <laughs> That's the programming you have. It's like, I don't know what to do now. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. I lost the weight. Or you start getting close to that goal weight. And you're like, uh, I don't, what am I going to do after that? What am I going to do? <laughs> right? Because on day one, you were setting yourself up just to lose weight. Well, what do you do then? That's not even the goal. You don't want to lose weight. You want to live at your goal weight. You know that, right? Here I am telling it to you. And here you are 40 years into trying to lose weight and you've never had this realization. Do you know? And that's what I'm trying to say. Like, it's, it's not you. It's the thinking that's been put into your brain. All right. And so when you change that, you change everything. You know, it changes absolutely everything. So I'm going to keep talking about this. I want to answer a couple of questions real quick. Hey, so I ate a thousand calories, very little protein. I'm full and I had planned to eat that protein. Oh man, let me get to this. I want to answer this. Um, I plan to eat that protein in my dinner, but I'm full. What should I do? Well, if you're full, I'd stop eating. You know, I think a thousand calories. Don't worry. You're going to be hungry pretty soon. <laughs> I would imagine. So, you know, I would, I would, I would keep up with that, but I would say like, uh, you know, when we first start something, we can feel all sorts of stuff, but I would see how you feel tomorrow. How do you get a flat stomach and a tiny waist in a mesomorph body? Um, well, I know I just say, first off, I would, uh, focus more. No one ever wants to hear this stuff, but I'd focus first on health, you know, and longevity. So, you know, I'm not the person to listen to if, if like you're like, like get a flat stomachs, you know, ripped up body, you know, single digit body fat. I'm not the person for, it, you know what I mean? Like go listen to a personal trainer in that spot. I work with people in their forties, fifties, sixties, seventies who want to, it's more functional, right? We'll get the weight down to healthy ranges, get ourselves in a healthy space so we can live a long time. Um, if you want to exercise so you feel better and all the rest of it, but I'm not really about the aesthetics of it. You know, I think it's nice. You want to look better. Great. You know, cool. That's, that's a bonus on top of everything. But I work with people that have a, a motivation that's more internal, you know? Um, so I don't really have the answers for, for flat stomachs and stuff. That's not really a big goal of mine. You know, um, when I want to do that emotional eating, I meal prep and not eat it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Meal prep and not eat it. By the way, that's not an unusual thing. Okay. Um, we'll talk about that in a minute, but, but that's, um, it's not unusual by the way. So, uh, I'm going to answer one more question, but I want to get back to what I was talking about too. Um, Hey, how can I, <clears throat> how can I manifest healing from chronic illness? Trying for years. Well, if you have chronic illness, chronic illness is a reflection of chronic lifestyle usually. Okay. So, so same with your weight. So it's important to recognize that no, not always. You know what I mean? So sometimes there might be something actual physical wrong. But if you're talking about chronic illness, it's probably a, a reflection of a chronic behavior that you're doing, chronic lifestyles. So that'd be a quick answer. Um, this is what I'm dealing with me. Oh, someone says, I don't understand 95% of the things you're saying. Yep. Um, yep. And when everybody tells you you know how to do it, you did it before. Yeah, yeah. All right. Very true. But how do you start losing? I'm going to talk about that, I promise. Um, this way doctors are prescribing horrible pills or injections. Yeah. And the, the, the injections and the, and the pills, right? We, we want to obviously worry about those because they're not the, it's a solution, but it's a solution last resort. I tell myself I want to be pure and happy. That's a better one. I'm staying between 16 and 800 calories a day. Once I lose some weight, then I will start working out. Yeah. Great. That sounds like a good plan. Oh, that's why my knees hurt me. Unfortunately. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But again, you don't need to exercise to lose weight. Just so everyone knows that. Someone says, I'm 16, trying to heal my relationship with food, trying to create a diet that will work for me for the rest of my life. Love your work. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, 16. Great. I'm glad you're young and, and starting to, to focus on this stuff. And so this is how, you know, I'm going to talk about something here uh, that I don't talk about too much. And I'm going to do this because I think that, um, uh, I think it's maybe young people in general, but I, th I think especially women, and I'm going to talk about females for a second, that I think 
I think you got a, a challenge in this society because it's so image oriented towards young women. And you know, I made a video a month or two ago and it was like, how thin do you wanna be? Now, you know, I live in the world of weight loss and I've been doing that nonstop for 20 years. And so when I realized this video was getting pushed out to the eating disorder community and they were responding to it very negatively, it bummed me out, you know, because I don't really live in that world. Um, but I just want to talk about that stuff a little bit because I don't, I don't deal with the eating disorders. So I'm not going to talk about how to deal with them. Um, but I, what I want to get to is, is some of the, sometimes the motivation we have to try and lose weight is we want to look better. And I think that in our society, like how we look is just way overvalued um, in some ways. And that's an extrinsic motivator. You know, so sometimes I'll ask people, I said, listen, if you were the only person on the planet, would you still want to lose weight? You know, because I'm trying to get to the intrinsic reasons. And so the relationship with food to heal it and with your weight and your body is to, as much as you can, and you have to work at this, I think, because we're so conditioned to just think of how we look, you know? Um, but I think what you want to start doing is really looking at the food and looking at this process of what's going on inside of you, you know? One of the things that happens, anyone here, if you want to, you can go to my bio and there's a link there where you can click that and I'll give you, I'll give you a free uh, hypnosis session a weight loss session, it's customized. And then once you, you opt into that, it, it takes me about 10 minutes to get the, the session to you, but I bring you to a page and there's a, a training I put up there, three steps to master your weight. And one of the first things I do in that training, almost right away, is I show you a picture of like, I don't know if it's an MRI, it's like a CAT scan or something, like an internal image of an overweight, like obese person and a normal weight person. And what I try and do is orient people to what's going on inside your body with the food, okay? So when you wanna heal your relationship with your food, it's, you have to bring yourself away from just wanting to look better. I, and I know that's hard to do, but you start focusing on what's going on in your body. And so, you know, every time you're consuming a lot of sugar, drinking a soda, eating a lot of flour, it's like, it's like a, abuse to your body. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, and I don't want to sound dramatic here, but it like spikes your glucose levels. And then you have to like flood your body with insulin to clear it out. All of these things are inflammatory. Half that, you know, the fructose goes over to your liver and it floods your liver. And so it's like, it's, it's very damaging and inflammatory and stressful to your body to eat in these ways. And we rarely think of it that way. We tend to say, well, I don't want to eat that because I don't want to be overweight. But again, I, I work with people that are more oriented to the inside. You know, what's going on inside of you? You know, there's this raging fire a lot of times inside of your body with the inflammation because of the foods that we're eating. And we don't think of it that way. Remember, I, I like to reference like cigarettes. You know, 100 years ago, no one even thought cigarettes were unhealthy, right? And you're like, how is that possible? Do you know, so the human mind can miss things that are right in front of us that are obvious, okay? Now we think of cigarettes and we link them right with lung cancer, right? But there was a time that wasn't the case. And if you try, they were just as addictive. And so if you're trying to stop smoking cigarettes 100 years ago, it must've been a lot harder not being able to like associate them to, you know, lung cancer and, and this dis health and all the rest of it. So I think of that with weight loss a lot too, that everyone's just trying to motivate themselves by wanting to look better. Okay. Um, but I think you want to orient yourself what's going on inside your body. And every time you're, you're doing this to your body with, you know, the sugar and the flour and the processed foods and the sodas and all this stuff, it, it's, it's really, it's roiling up what's going on inside of you. And then that affects your thinking, your emotions, what you're able to do in life, you know what I mean? And all this stuff. And, um, and I'll tell, I'll say one more thing, right? Now I can say this, uh, a 50 year old man almost, right? So, um, but the other piece is, 
I think we, we so overvalue how we look and we're always, especially for females, I think they're always given this idea of like this ideal woman they're supposed to look like or body type or what they're supposed to look. I told you, I was watching some plastic surgeon. He was like diagnosing faces and the symmetry. It's like, what the hell? It's like, if you want to be just a model, I guess that's important. But in the real world, there's so much more to you. You know what I mean? Than, than just your weight, your size, what you look like, you know? And so I think you, you, we want to orient to that. We got to pull ourselves out because there's a constant societal hypnosis that's always just trying to make us like look at the aesthetics outside part of it. But you're a human being. You have a lot more to bring. And so, so what? So you don't look like, like some perfect model. Who gives a shit? You know what I mean? So what? You're not going to attract a person who values that. You'll attract a person who values deeper things, perhaps. You know what I mean? So anyways, I'll get off that. That's not, I, I just want to say that because I just feel like it's tough. Yes, I am Greek. Someone asked if I was Greek and uh, I am. And I'm going to talk about how to lose weight in a second. Um, I lost 160 pounds so far because I want to enjoy life again. Yeah, great. That's a much better motivator. Mind over matter most days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to lose weight, keep it off, eat healthy, but also eat everything. I just want to eat moderation. Yeah, I also weight train. Okay, good. Yeah, weight train can be helpful. Hoping weight loss will help with inflammation and issues. It can be debilitating. Yeah, the weight loss will definitely help with inflammation, but understand it's the changing. It's, it's, we, we just don't think of it this way. It's, it's just crazy to me. It's not crazy. We live in a world, listen, the number, <laughs> they used to say we see 3,000 ads a day, but now it must be up to 15,000 ads a day. And like half of those are food ads. You know, food's the second biggest advertisers in the world. So this millions and millions of food ads you've seen always focusing you on the pleasure of the food and not the consequence of it, okay? So yes, the weight loss will help with the inflammation, but not putting these things into your body is the main thing that's gonna help with the inflammation, right? We don't think of like this tsunami effect. We say, oh, I shouldn't drink the soda because I don't wanna put weight on me. Well, if you drink the soda, what happens is you just flood your body with glucose and fructose. So sugar is sucrose, table sugar is sucrose, and it contains glucose and fructose. Glucose goes into your blood and most cells in your body can use glucose. And the fructose, half of it's fructose, that goes all to your liver. Your liver has to process that. And what happens with sodas, for example, is it creates a tsunami effect. So it's like, you know, your town, if it rains, you know, six inches of water, you know, over a week, we can handle it. Six inches of water in an hour, it overwhelms systems. And that's what's going in your body. You have to think of your body in an evolutionary sense. There was never a time in history before the last 50 years where you could spike your glucose levels like you can now. There just was no way to do it. You didn't have access to like, you know, table sugar, you know, and even, cause again, you have to understand like, like if you had like sugar cane, even if I gave you a sugar cane and said, make me table sugar from that, guess what? You can't do that, you know? So the foods are so processed to be absorbed in your body almost instantly because that makes them more addictive. And so they make them that way. And so there's never been a time in history where your body would have to deal with spikes in glucoses like this. And so what happens is you spike the glucose. So you drink a soda and your blood sugar goes way up. And now your body says, I got to release insulin to clear it out. Well, your insulin, you overshoot it because your body's not good at measuring these high levels of glucose. It's never had to deal with this. And so a lot of times it overshoots, it puts way too much insulin into your blood and then it clears all the glucose out. And guess what happens now? Now you're starving, right? And so do you ever feel this way? Like you're like, what? The, how can I be so hungry? I just ate a bunch of stuff. Well, you got to pay attention to what you're eating. You got to look at your eating in terms of how much powder am I eating a day? How much of my food is based around flour and sugar? You know, because these things are just absorbing your body instantly. What are you supposed to eat? You're supposed to eat vegetables, fruits, greens, natural foods that have a lot of fiber. And the fiber, the, the calories 
and the glucose in the fructose is binded to fiber. And so that slows the absorption down in your body. And some of the calories and, and stuff never even get absorbed. They just pass right through you because they're stuck to the fiber. So the fiber is the number one ingredient from our, our modern diet that's been stripped away and it causes all kinds of problems. All right. I'm getting too much into the, the food part of it here, but yeah, sure, I agree, but I eat these foods, bad foods because I simply can't cut them out completely just yet. And you don't have to. Yeah, small steps, absolutely. That's the big, again, that's that dieting mentality that you're going to start day one perfect and then just be perfect all the way to your goal weight. That's such bullshit. Let me tell you what I mean. And, and I hope this I hope this matters to you. What um, Once you start thinking about, again, if you just want to lose weight or do you want to live at your goal weight for the rest of your life on near autopilot? right? I hope it's the second one. Um, let me take it a step further and you'll see the difference in your conscious and subconscious mind. If I asked you, do you want to lose the weight as fast as possible or for as long as possible, right? Your, your conscious logical mind says as long as possible, but the emotional party says, I just want to lose as fast as possible, right? That's how, that's how they, they work different. And so, um, you want to do it long-term, but really what your weight loss comes down to is you think, because you think you're a conscious being who just needs the plan and then just follow it, that's how you think of weight loss. You think of it as this conscious thing. Like you just need information and that's gonna change everything. Um, but let me, I'll give you an example. So if you wanted to write with your other hand, right, the hand you, you have not learned to write with, what would you do? Do you need more information? Did you need to go get a book, oh, how to write with your left hand, right? No, <laughs> you know how to write with your hand, right? So how would you learn how to write with the other hand? You'd practice it, right? Now, when it comes to weight loss, you don't approach it like that at all. You just think, oh, I know what to do now. No, I'm just going to do it. Bullshit. No, you're not. <laughs> you're changing everything. People so underestimate like their weight. It's like three to eight food decisions a day you're making every single day. You know what I mean? You think, oh, I'm just going to start making great food decisions starting tomorrow. Why? <laughs> Why would you just all of a sudden one day just start making? Like it's, it's hard. You have to practice it. I've been working at it for 30 years. So it is small steps. And it's fine. I like I play guitar and it's like I do yoga. I, I do these things that I've I played basketball for 40 years. It's things I just keep getting better. I'm not just I don't just watch a video and see how to do it. And I'm great at it. I don't just like get the music for the song. It's all oh, now I can play it. That's the first step. <laughs> and then I have to keep practicing it. Because why? Because I'm installing it in my subconscious mind. I'm turning it into muscle memory. I'm turning my subconscious mind. So it's a program I just run on autopilot. And this takes practice. People don't think about like losing weight, becoming thin as a process of practicing. And it is. And this is why you're failing because you're making a mistake and you're all or nothing. You make a mistake and you say, oh man, I was doing so good too. I make a mistake. And I say, oh, what happened there? What could I do next time? How can I make that better? Well, that's, that's all the difference in the world. Those are two completely different paths because we're all going to make mistakes. But when, a, when you're a dieter, there's literally a phrase they use to describe what happens to dieters when they make a mistake. It's called the what the hell effect. Look it up, please. If you care about your weight at all, please look up the what the hell effect, okay? And what it means is when dieters make a mistake, they go way off the ranch, right? So it's like they make a mistake and then they just like, well, fuck it. <laughs> I was gonna eat everything now, you know what I mean? And so it's like, th then that's how you approach it. You know, it's all or nothing. It's because you think of it as a sprint. You have to look at it as a skill set you're developing. And so, yeah, it is small steps. There's no other alternative. That's literally it, you know? Um, but weight loss, again, it's not your fault. I don't blame you for this because you've been conditioned through diets to think in very short time frames, extreme results. All you see with weight loss is extreme results, outlier results, the biggest loser, you know? And it's, it's, 
it's really bad because it's it's not how it works you know and uh so small steps good job that's what you want to do i found low carb tortillas they're a great substitute yeah that's great we don't know over alley how we look at all otherwise obesity wouldn't be a thing um people are very judgmental our looks are the first thing people notice um i don't think that's true you know um I mean, you know, listen, maybe it is true. I don't know, but it's it's up to you if that's what you want to ma mainly value, you know, but they're one and the same. You know, I always say to people that like if you if all you care about is how you look, like if that's all you care about, I feel like you're just going to attract people that only care about how you look. Is that what you want? Then cool. But if you want people that want that, that don't just care about how you look, then you find those people hang out with them. So it's always a choice you get to make, you know, um, people are very judgmental. Yeah, sure. I mean, some people are very judgmental, you know. What are you trying to do? You're trying, and that, think about that, right? So you're trying to impress the people that are very judgmental, right? <laughs> I wish there was more than hypnosis. Maybe some heavy duty brainwashing. Sign me up. <laughs> uh, I want to look better, sure, but mostly I want to feel better. Yeah, great. I think that's a smart move. And plus, as you get older, I'm telling you, it's more important because you start getting 40, 50, 60. Well, I mean, I've seen people in 40, 50, 60 still obsessed with how they're looking, but it, it, they're not only obsessed with it because as you start getting older, it starts becoming more of a functional thing. Although people just, you're so, you're literally hypnotized. When it comes to weight loss, you're hypnotized. Oh, thanks for the rose. Um, you're hypnotized to think about weight loss as I just want to look better, primarily. You don't think about it as want to feel better, you know? So for me and my program, what I do is, uh, my program's not even about, it, it's really makes weight loss secondary. So my, I always say you have to take your weight loss and wrap it in personal development. Right. So we really, in my pro, we make it about who do you want to be? How do you want to live your life? What's the best version of you? You see? So I'm not, I'm not going to say it doesn't take into account how you look too, by the way, that's a component of it, but it's a, it's an outlier component. The main component is how do you want to live? What's the most important things in your life for you? What is it? It's probably relationships, right? It's probably, you know, you got kids, you got a partner, friends, family, these are the most important things. And say, so how do you want to show up in this life? Because they don't give a shit how you look, but they do care how you think and how you feel and, and how you're living. You know, those things matter. And so as you start to orient to like, what's already the most important things in your life, and you start to say, let's just say, say work's the most important thing in your life. And you can say, well, how can I be a better worker? How can I run my business more effectively? Well, if I have a clearer mindset, if I feel better, if I have more energy, if I feel good about myself, if I look better, sure. You know, these are the things. So now we pull in a lot more motivation. They say, I just want to lose weight. I just want to look better. I just want to look better. You know, because the I want to look better thing, it never ends anyways. You know, I always tell this story. I have a, a last year I spent, I spent a year really coaching a group of people to become program yourself thing coaches, certified coaches. And one of them was a, um, she used to be a competitive bodybuilder. I said, what was it like, you know, when you got in a competition shape, right? Because this is a person, literal bodybuilder. It's like no one is more obsessed with how they look in their body than a competitive body. That's literally what it's based on. I said, what was it like to be in that moment? She goes, I still, I, I found even more things I didn't like about myself. <laughs> you start looking, look at that, notice this here, and this here. And so it, it can never end potentially. So this idea when you just focus on how you're going to look, it's a path to never being satisfied is what it is. You know, um, what's the biggest inflammation causing food? Oof, that's a hard question. But I mean, just in general, the big ones are flour and sugar because you have to understand, again, this is the context piece. It's not just avoiding carbs. It's the it's the manufacturing. It's the powdering of them. It's the stripping away the fiber aspects of it, the, the brand. And it's just giving you 
you know, the one part of it. It's the same with the sugar, you know, that they rip away the other parts and just give you this, this little, the sugar molecules of it. And so it absorbs into your body like that. And that, so it's not like so much the substance, it's the processing of it as well and how your body, how it impacts your body. So in a lot of ways, and then the chemicals, I mean, high fructose corn syrup, um, but it, it, so what, what's the biggest causing inflammation to understand that you want to understand that there's a system going on. You know what I mean? You want to have some context to how your body's operating. So when you're drinking a soda, for example, which has probably got to be one of the most inflammatory things, fried foods are up there. Okay. Um, but there it's inflammatory because as soon as you're drinking that soda, that sucrose, that sugar is going into your body. It's absorbed like that, you know? And, um, and again, it's, it's flooding your liver. It's flooding into your blood sugar, right? The glucose is, it goes in your blood sugar and it just creates this whole systemic problem. You know, then your pancreas has to release all this insulin. And so the, the, the high glucose levels are inflammatory. The insulin you release to clear it out, that's inflammatory. That's too much. And so it, it's a lot of work for your body and everything's working extra hard. And it's all creating inflammation. You, you see, and when you start thinking about it this way, it makes it easier to make healthier food choices. What about erythritol? I don't know how to spell it. It's like a sweetener. Listen, I, I said this the other day, and I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm further down the path of, of eating naturally. Okay. So I don't like to talk where I'm at because I don't want to discourage people that are just starting it out. Okay. But, but personally, I don't want to, I don't want to drink any calories and I don't drink calories. I'll drink wine and beer a couple times a week. Um, but I've, I manage them very clearly. And I, I don't want to drink calories because your body doesn't register cal liquid calories. Again, you have to think of your body from an evolutionary perspective. It, it reveals a lot. Okay. And so if you look at over evolution, we never drank calories. I know you say, oh, milk. What about milk? Evolutionarily, that, that's a blink of an eye, you know? So we haven't adapted to drink calories. We never did it, you know? And so when we drink these calories, the calories go in our body and we get no satiety from it. We get no satiation from it. Okay. And, um, so, so, so I don't like to drink any, I don't like to drink sugar drinks, obviously, cause it's just extra calories. Um, and I don't like to eat the non or drink the non-sugar drinks because I don't like calibrating my taste buds to extremely high levels of sweetness, you know, because if I do that, if I, even though there's no calories in the, in the sweeteners that are chemicals, it's it's, it's calibrating my taste up to an unnatural level so that when I go eat fruits and vegetables, they seem really bland and boring now, you see? So I try to keep all those things in mind. Again, when you start looking at things holistically, I think it reveals a lot to you and you can start being much more strategic and using your brain to come up with much better strategy, you know, that works for you. So I'm not a big fan of uh, fake sweeteners. I don't want to eat a lot of sweet food, you know? I'm trying to balance my foods with healthy fats, protein, fiber, and veggies. Yeah, super. Fiber is the big one. Fiber is the big missing one. How do you keep motivated long-term? I think the secret to keeping motivated long-term is to get better motivation in the beginning. So let me just speak to this for a second because most people, I want to define something for you and tell me if it's true or not. Um, you can tell me if it's true or not with hearts if you ever experienced this. Um, typically what happens with people is, you, is A, you have no idea how to motivate yourself, right? Just no idea. And what happens is that you rely on these spontaneous pain-based motivation experiences of stepping on the scale, seeing the picture of yourself, going to the doctor, someone says something rude and you overhear it, um, you catch a reflection in the mirror, the clothes don't fit, and you get so upset, you say, that's it, I've gotta lose the weight. And from this place of a lot of emotional pain, you make a very extreme decision, usually choose some extreme plan, you follow it for a little while, but the motivation fades. Pain-based motivation tends to not last long, 
Okay, your brain's a pleasure-seeking mechanism. And so when you try and keep yourself in pain, and that's usually people's motivation to lose weight. It's very pain-based on one of those things. It's acute pain. You see that picture, you're like, oh my God, I didn't know I was that big. And you just feel like you fall apart inside. Then you make the decision. Let me start a plan. But it doesn't last because your brain doesn't want to stay in pain. So if your pain is based around motivation only, you're going to be in trouble. It's just not going to last. And then worse, if you, if you base all your motivation on pain and you start losing weight, well, the pain starts going down. So does the motivation. So um, the, the, in my program, the very first thing we do in the mindset section, the very first thing you do in the program after learning the self-hypnosis technique is work on motivation. So I have a 60-page workbook in my program. And the first like 15, 20 pages are just the motivation. It's the most important piece. It's the engine that drives the whole process. So how do you keep motivated long-term? I take people through a process I call the motivation matrix. So the first part is how to use pain and pleasure, get very clear on it. And the second part, you know there's a science of motivation? Look it up. Intrinsic, extrinsic motivation. Look it up because there's a science to it. And so you answer these questions and that's how you stay motivated long-term. So it's like, if you're in my program, because people in my program say, well, I, I did the motivation thing and I don't feel motivated anymore. So we'll go back to it and look at it and let me know if you still feel motivated. And usually people do feel motivated once they go back to it. Because again, we need to reinforce how we're thinking. So I go back and say, oh shit, I forgot. The reason I want to do it is because of this, 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 and this. I'm fired up again, okay? And so, and then some people say, well, you know what? I went back and it wasn't really motivating. Well, then let's tweak it. What, what's motivating you? What's motivating me? My father died when he was 54 of a heart attack. I was nine years old. So that's my motivation. So I never get that far off track because I've got two kids and a wife. I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to contribute to myself having a heart attack. Okay. So that's how I stay motivated pain wise. Now, pleasure wise, I could talk for the next five hours about all the reasons I love mastering my weight. I'm I love it. You know, I love feeling good. It's a path and I just keep getting better. I keep coming up with more and more strategies. I come, I feel better and better and better and better and better. I love it, you know? And that's that intrinsic piece. Like it's like a puzzle to me. I just keep putting it together. I keep doing new things that I feel better about. So I love it. It's a journey that I just am passionate about, right? So can you hear me? Like the idea, like how would I stay motivated long-term? I've made it so much more though. How do you stay motivated long-term to diet? I don't know. I don't think you can because it's a shitty goal. You know, and it's just so superficial and it's, it's lacking. You know, I think, again, you need to make this about personal development. If you're just trying to look better and you've been struggling away for 40 years and you just want to look better. Guess what? That's not motivating to you. OK. And so what is motivating is who do you want to be? You get one shot at life. Usually the strongest motivation comes from recognizing mortality. <laughs> but, uh, you know, anyways, there, there are ways to do it. But you got to find them for yourself. One thing better, different a day is better than zero. Yeah. I mean, that's change, folks. There is no such thing as a big accomplishment. There really isn't. It's always the accumulation of small accomplishments, you know? And the diets are always selling us this bullshit about how you're just going to transform your body in like a couple weeks, you know? And that's how you think about weight loss. Subconsciously, you think about weight loss in days, weeks, and months. You need to think about it in years, decades, and forevers, you know? Yeah, there were days like that. All right. <laughs> um, let me see. Let me see. It's the wrinkles, man. I don't know what that means. Also, I've been working on my hunger cues. Yeah, like putting the fork down when I eat, which has been helping me a lot. Yeah, there you go. See, that's strategic. When you start approaching your weight loss in a strategic way, it, it completely changes. You're not looking at it strategically. You're looking at it tactically. You've got one tactic. Give me the plan, and I'm going to follow it with my willpower. That's the, that, is, that not how you've, is that not the only way that you've ever tried to lose weight? Right? I mean, it's like you go one way to do it. I'm going to use my willpower. I'm going to force myself to make better choices. That's not going to work, you know? So you can be much more strategic when you understand how your mind works. 
It's supposed to help me a lot. Yeah, that's great. Um, I've been drinking water six farms a day. First thing I do at hunger is drink water. Yeah, that's great. That's a great one. Do you have any podcasts? Yes. Um, program yourself then. Go. Uh, you can find them. Search for Program Yourself. Then they're on all the all the uh, platforms. He needs a book and a podcast. I, I'm, I am putting a book together, so I can't wait for that. Um, podcast is out there. And again, guys, go go check out the the session. Okay, you can go. You get this in five minutes. Go click on the link in my bio. Put your information in, and I, I'm going to send it to you in 10 minutes. I'm going to give you a free training. Listen to me, okay? My mission is to help as many people as possible live at their goal weight, okay? And so I do these lives all the time. I make the videos all the time, but go opt in. I'm going to give you, it's like a 15-minute hypnosis session. It's awesome. It's, it's good for motivating you, all right, and getting you fired up, and you'll experience what this is like. Weight loss can be a lot easier than you think it can be, okay? And then there's a training. You can go watch that. And then every day, I'm going to email you positive coaching stuff to help you stay focused and change the way that you approach weight loss, okay? Yes, I have programs too, but it's like I do all this stuff for free. That Everything I just mentioned is completely free. I'm just going to give it to you forever, okay? <laughs> Um, do you not eat those inflammatory foods like sugar, flour at all? No, I eat them sometimes, you know, I eat them moderately, you know, listen, weight loss is like, it's like a managed drug addiction, you know, and, and to be honest, that's kind of my sweet spot. <laughs> I'm unusual in this way. Like I used to be a binge drinker, but I never want I never wanted to stop drinking completely. I just, I didn't feel it in me and I, I could bullshit myself. So I got to stop drinking. I just did not feel it. And so what I did is I manage it. And so I drink, I'll drink on like Friday and Saturday nights moderately, you know, a very, very little bit. It keeps getting less and less. I wouldn't be surprised at some point if I, I stop it completely, but I moderate it. Okay. And so same thing with the, with the sugar and flour. Like tonight I will eat pasta. I'll eat the hell out of it. Last night I flour and, and sugar and all of that. Um, but I really, I try to keep it compressed. I ate two donuts today. <laughs> we just, uh, I coached basketball and our team won the first game. Right? So we were fired up. Um, this is why I ate some donuts, you know, but again, there's the way I structure the eating is very strategic and it's not black and white. So there's room. The m most important skill of mastering your weight is the ability to get back on track quickly. Okay. And so the way that I structure my eating is I have Monday through Friday afternoon, which is my clean time. I try to be as clean as possible. And then Friday night until Sunday night is more my pleasure time. And it doesn't mean I go crazy. I mean, eating two donuts, that's a little more, I don't, but it's not unusual for me to donut, muffin, you know, something like that every Saturday or Sunday. But I'm very strategic with it, you know? And so, no, I do eat those things, um, just not a lot. Because when I eat them a lot, I feel gross. What about carbonated water? Is that okay when intermittent fasting? Yeah, I think so. I think the carbonated water, I like those as long as it's natural. I don't want to put chemicals in my body because... I don't trust these people that put this stuff in there. They don't give a shit about you at all. They're like the cigarette companies. This, You understand this? The way to look at the food companies is to think of them as like the cigarette companies because they are the cigarette companies. Literally, okay? The cigarette companies sat on all the studies for like 50, for like, for like 20 years, they knew the studies coming out, oh, cigarettes cause lung cancer. They sat on them through the 50s and 60s. They knew in the 70s they were going to start coming out. So they divested from cigarettes and they went into f food. Okay. RJ Reynolds bought a huge chunk of craft. And so they really, they brought that cigarette addictive product creation mindset, the advertising they did, they brought it into the foods and, um, that's what they're doing. They try and create the most addictive foods possible. Cause they don't give it, I don't think they want to kill you, but I don't think they give a shit if they do kill you. Okay. And that's where we're at. Um, so I don't trust, like as soon as they come up with chemicals, high fructose corn syrup, I wouldn't be surprised at some point within the next 15 years, if we have labels, like warning labels on high fructose corn syrup products, like we do on cigarettes, you know, but you've got to do that yourself. You can't trust anyone to, to do this for you. Government's way lagging behind if they ever do it. There's too much money behind it. 
So you've got to open your own eyes up and take care of yourself, unfortunately. You know, no one's no one's trying to help you with this, okay? And so I don't like chemicals. I don't want to put chemicals in my body because again, when you start thinking in a holistic way and a systemic way of how your body works, who knows what these chemicals are doing? You know, because it's 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 so okay, so let's just take like chemical sweeteners. Right. So we get, we always focus on the one thing. So, oh, the chemical sweeteners cause cancer. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, those studies, they, they just, the, the mice that cause cancer, I mean, they fed them a, a nonstop diet of chemical sugar. So maybe these chemical things don't cause cancer. I don't know. But what I do know they do is that they cause you to crave sweeter foods, right? When you put that sweet taste on your tongue, it, it changes how you experience um, fruits and vegetables. I'll give you an example. I can't remember what this is called, but a couple of years ago, my wife had gotten these pills. I don't know if anyone you know this, write this down, but it was a pill like you took it and it made, I'm trying to think of what it was, but it made like sweet things not taste sweet. It was very weird. It might just block some receptors on your tongue, but it was very strange. But I think of those chemical sweeteners as doing that. They, they make fruits and vegetables, healthy, natural foods, tastes like shit. They just take a like bland, boring stuff. And then it makes it harder to eat those foods. So never mind the chem the cancer causing of these chemicals. I don't want to do that. And then I don't know what it's doing to my body. And then I do know like if I eat that that high fructose not, not high fructose crumb, but if I eat those chemical sweeteners, my body tastes something sweet. Well in, in the env natural environment, when you taste something sweet like that, it means there's a lot of calories coming. So if I eat that chemical sweetener, my body starts going into well, let's get ready for the calories. And then all of a sudden no calories come. And so I think that's going to ultimately trigger more hunger ultimately. But that's me. You know, maybe I'm right. Maybe I'm wrong with that. But carbonated water, I think is fine. As long as stuff's natural, I think it's, it's all fine. I've been recognizing the difference between my appetite and my hunger because they feel similar. Yeah, that's great. Where do we get the program? Yeah, click on that link. Go, go, anyone watching this, go click on my link and go get that session. You know, I've given you all this stuff for free. It's a hypnosis session. It's really good. Um, and it's customized to you. And then, uh, there's a training there. That's really good. Again, it'll change the way that you approach weight loss. I'll break everything I'm talking about down a more systematic way. Cause I'm kind of bing bonging all over the place, but, um, go get that. And then every day, literally I just email you stuff, you know? So yeah, I'm, I'm here to help you out. And, and people get on here all the time. Like people, I've been doing this now for on TikTok for like five, six months or something, but I get people all the time now. I'm like, Oh, I lost 10 pounds, I lost 20 pounds, I lost 30 pounds. So it's like, even just listen to this stuff, it's going to change the way you think, which changes the way you behave. And when you change how you behave, you change your weight, you know, but it's way more comfortable. So again, small steps it is. Yeah. Always small steps. Always, always. Um, thank you. I'm going to click. Yeah. Great. You should watch that. I made <laughs> Send me a donut. <laughs> That's funny. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And so I can eat a donut, but so I'll say that, right? So let me just speak to that for a second because sometimes people are like, well, you, you eat so boring, you know, it's like, don't you ever enjoy foods? I think I enjoy like the foods more than anyone. Now, not as much of the time, but I find people that eat like donuts all the time don't really enjoy them, right? When you're when you're really upset that you're overweight and then you eat a donut, tell me how much pleasure you're actually getting out of that, you know? Like you, you've got to take into account, because listen to this, this is really important. This is a mindset shift, right? So as I was gonna talk today about thinking yourself thin, I mean, everything's thinking yourself thin. How you think about food is dictating how much of it you eat and what you eat. Right. So let me give you this, because this is probably the biggest shift I install into my clients is that I subconsciously orient them to food differently. So when you think about food right now, especially like the unhealthy food you're fighting against, when you think about them subconsciously, you're thinking about the eating of them. Right. So when you think about ice cream, you're thinking about getting it and eating it. 
And that's how you think about it. So you think about the consumption of the food and you're trying to say, I shouldn't eat this food, but all you're thinking about is eating it. And when you say that, you say, okay, I shouldn't eat this. And now you feel deprived and you say, but I could eat it and it's really good, but then I feel deprived. And so that is going to push you to eat it. You see what I mean? This is what we call a motivation strategy, a propulsion system. What, what are you attaching pain to? What are you attaching pleasure to? So in that example, you're attaching pain to not eating it and pleasure to eating it. So there's a good chance you're going to eat it, okay? So how do we change that comfortably? Because what you try and tell yourself, you said, well, I shouldn't eat it because I wanna lose weight. But your brain does a thing called future discounting, where it discounts the future. If I said, I'll give you a hundred bucks now or 200 bucks in two years, which would you take? It takes a hundred bucks now, right? So when you say, well, I could have the cookie now, or I could potentially lose some weight in the future. Your brain says, let's just eat the cookie now and we'll start tomorrow. We'll lose the same amount of weight. It's just a day, you see? But then every day feels like that. So how do you deal with this, right? How do you deal with your brain? Again, the more you understand your brain, the more you can be strategic and make this process much, much easier and simpler and logical and uh, effective. So what you do instead is you focus on, you shift your focus from the consumption to the consequence, but the consequence has to be five minutes after you finish eating, okay? So when you're sitting there and the ice cream's in front of you and say, do I want to eat the ice cream? You can ask yourself, how am I gonna feel five minutes after I finish eating this ice cream, right? 20 minutes from now, how am I gonna feel that I ate this ice cream? That's a lot more interesting to your brain because your brain, and again, you have to work on this. Right now, you're not good at it because you're not used to thinking this way. But eventually what happens after you work on this very quickly is you start to realize it's the mental and emotional consequences that are just right on the other side of the unhealthy eating behavior that are very compelling, okay? If I magically showed up, every time you ate something wrong, if I magically appeared and whacked your thumb with a baton, how many times would you keep eating that food? Not very much, right? And so when we start to orient to a consequence that's right on the other side, that's negative, it starts to become a lot less appealing. So right now you're thinking of food primarily as the consumption, but you need to start thinking of it as the consequence and start asking when you're thinking about what you're gonna eat, how am I gonna feel five minutes from now, mentally, emotionally, physically, the mental and emotional pieces are the biggest ones. And so you think to myself, if I eat this donut, how am I gonna feel mentally? What am I gonna be saying inside my head? There's a thing called your internal dialogue. This is, you know you have a running voice in your head constantly? Well, after you eat that donut, what is that voice saying to you, right? If you're not just ignoring it, what is that voice saying? It's saying, ah, Jesus, again? No wonder you can't lose weight. You don't even deserve to lose, look at you. You ate that, you shitty person. <laughs> it's this mean, mean voice, right? And then what are the emotions that come from it? Guilt, shame, frustration, hopelessness, anger, whatever, you know, all these negative emotions, they're right on the other side of that food decision. And so when you start orienting yourself to the consequence that's right there, because you're not bullshitting yourself. The idea that you're going to lose weight just feels like you're bullshitting yourself. The idea, oh, I can't eat that. I shouldn't eat that. That doesn't mean anything to your brain. Okay. But when you start to really say, if I eat, I could eat this, but I know I'm gonna feel like shit right on the other side of it. And not physically, mentally and emotionally. I'm gonna feel discouraging, I'm gonna feel let down again. More of the same. And that changes the way you think about it, you know, and it usually changes your behaviors a bit. Um, I'm 173 centimeters, 57 kilograms. My teacher told me that it would be nice if I lost five kilograms, it took a toll on me. But then I stood up for myself and I told her that I felt comfortable. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, you know what, I mean, that sucks that that happened to you on one hand, but the other hand is it's a good thing because you get to really get congruent about what you want, what you wanna do, 
You know, your goal weight is yours and yours alone. And I suggest that you choose the goal weight that gives you the best quality of life. I think one of the big mistakes people make when they're choosing a goal weight is they choose a goal weight as if that weight just it lives in a vacuum. You don't just live at a goal weight. You have to live a lifestyle to achieve that goal weight, right? So it's like you could pick whatever weight you have that you want, but if you got to eat carrots and drink water to make that happen, that's a shitty quality of life. You're not going to choose that. So you got to find the sweet spot of where you, you find the best return on investment for how you're going to live and eat and act to the weight that you want. And so it, it's, it sucks that a teacher told you that on one hand, but it's an opportunity for you to face that and come to a place where you feel comfortable with what your weight is and you feel congruent with it. Yeah. But yeah, they, they shouldn't have said that. I'm 16, but I know a lot about nutrition and healthy mindsets and people never believe the things I say because I'm 16. Yeah. Um, and I get shocked by how little people know about their health and honestly it makes me sad. Yeah, I agree. I feel the same way. Um, I take it a step further. My father died of a heart attack at 54. And uh, I remember even at nine years old, I knew, you know, he was, he was obese um, unhealthy lifestyle, smoker, great guy though. I mean, he's the greatest dude ever, ever lived in my book, you know, just, just such an awesome, and he was ever loved him. He was so awesome. Um, but not, didn't know the health stuff, all the rest of it. But anyways, so I was like, I'm never gonna let that happen to me. 10 years later, I was 50 pounds overweight. And so it's like, it's, it's interesting how that can happen. But anyways, but I, 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 got exposed to hypnosis, NLP, yoga, all this stuff. And I took control of my weight. And as I started getting healthier, it was amazing to me that the people in my life weren't necessarily supportive, you know, and, and especially like people that knew my dad. So you would think like, oh, great, he's getting healthy. So he's not going down the same path as dad did. But it wasn't, it wasn't the positive thing I thought. And people weren't as interested as I was. So again, you just got to like, you have to get congruent with what you want to do. Okay. And, and recognize that, yeah, at 16, you're, you're starting this project. You're so lucky because you don't have to be perfect right now. You know, we all have this short-term time frame. I'll give you an example. So my son, right, he's 11 years old, and he was talking. He goes, oh, "I was playing basketball." This is really like his first year, really kind of playing, kind of organized basketball, and it's somewhat casual. But but he's just kind of getting into it. And so he's like, oh, "I was playing at the playground. We're at recess. We were playing." And he's like, "I don't think I'm a very good shooter. I missed a couple shots." You know. And it's like, that's what we call a fixed mindset where it's like, oh, you take a couple shots and then you say, oh, well, that defines, that proves that I'm not that good at it, okay? When in reality, it just proves where you're at in the moment. And if you want to get better at it, you just practice it, you know? And so at 16, I want to point out that you're not, you're not what you are. It's like you're, you're starting to learn and grow. I, can, I could have never imagined where I'd be now when I was 20 and I started this journey. I mean, it's been unbelievable. So as you approach it with this marathon mindset, this long-term mindset, it allows you to grow and evolve and change in ways that are so exciting and fun. So I'm excited for you on your path here on, um, and you got to come up with your own reasons for doing it. I got very little support along this path, to be honest. Now I was lucky because my, my girlfriend at the time was my wife. Now um, we were on a similar path so we could support each other, but, but that was about it. But you got to kind of come up with your own reasons why you want to do what you want to do, what you want to weigh, how you want to eat, how you want to live. All right. And start living those. Um, come and join my live tonight at nine o'clock. Yeah. You're doing a live tonight at nine on what I see psychics. Are you doing psychic readings? That'd be cool. I'd like to know what my future holds. <laughs> All right. So yeah, we talk about, yeah. Thinking thin. I, I, I talk about thinking thin forever, you know, I, but again, I'll, I'll kind of leave you on this one that, that everything in your, everything that controls your weight is really between your head, your genetics matter, your body matters. Definitely but your mindset's without question the number one factor and um, you can change it and uh, 
you know, get, get tremendous results. All right. By changing how you think. All right. But so, yeah, I'll stick around for a second. If you guys have any questions, you know, I'll, I'll answer them. Um, you know, if you think about it. and it's funny time, I don't know. Does the Super Bowl affect anyone here? I don't know if anyone, cause it's funny stuff like that. I think mean, holidays, obvious, those are obvious, but those are a good time to pay attention to how your mindset and how your thinking can impact your eating, you know? And so the Super Bowl can feel like a party. And so, um, if we're going to a party, it's hard, hard to eat well, you know? So I don't know if it has any, any, uh, meeting on it. Um, so Mia, I, I, I'm assuming your name is Mia. I, I can't, I can never tell with people's names on TikTok. <laughs> um, I see on YouTube facts, long-term view, right? Yeah. Three, two, one. I always think three, two, one. I see, I see your, I see you all over the place. I always think it's Kevo. Am I right? Like Kevin, Kevo, three, two, one, Kevo, or am I way off on that? Right. I never know people's names when they're like, uh, when I see them. So I think you're Mia, but it might be, I might be totally reading that wrong. And it might mean something else. And you're welcome, by the way. And I'm proud of you. 16, that, that's that's exciting, you know? And, and it's a journey. Yes, Mia. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, it's a journey, you know? And that's the fun part. Uh, you know, so I'll, I'll tell you one thing. I, I thought this is funny. So I've been playing guitar for 30 years almost. Yeah, a little, little bit less. Like, like little 28 years, right? But, and I, so this is a mindset story, okay? And so... um when I first started playing guitar, I, I thought I stunk and I didn't think I was musical. My mom would always tell me like, you don't, well, she would always say about herself. I don't have a musical bone in my body. And she would kind of say that to us too. And, uh, again, you know, Hey, listen, parents say stuff, right? We're all, we're all just doing the best we can. So we don't do everything perfect. So I don't blame her for it, but it wasn't the most positive thing. It wasn't the most great thing to hear. Um, but whatever, but I internalized it. So I believed it. I believed I wasn't very good at music. And then obviously when you first start playing guitar, when you first start anything, pretty much you suck at it, you know, or at least that's the case for most people. And so it was for me, I wasn't very good, but I really stuck with it. I really enjoyed playing and I stuck with it, whatever. But I really had the belief in my mind that I wasn't that good at it. Okay. And so one time, this was probably about five, six years ago, I was reading a book called Peak. Um, and it, it was talking about peak performance, but one of the things in the book is they went, they went to a music college and, um, they were like, they had the violinist and in violin, it's very structured how they do it. So they had like first chair, second chair, third chair. And they found out like how much those people practiced and without exception, first chair practiced the most, second chair is practiced the middle most and third chair is practiced the least. Okay. And I remember reading that and I was like, what? Like without exception. So where they placed in how good they were in their ability was 100% based on how much they'd practiced. And that was a real turning point for me because I read that and I was like, well, let me, well, let me think about the guitar. And I realized it wasn't that I didn't have a musical bone in my body. It was that I believed that I sucked at guitar. So I didn't practice that much. I never believed that I could get good at it. Now I kept playing and I did stuff and I was okay. But it's like in my mind, I had this belief that I could never get good. And that's what we call a fixed mindset, okay? Where when we do something, we say, oh, I'm not, I'm not good at it now, so I can't be good at it. I just am who I am, right? Like Popeye, I can't get better at it. But when I look back at it now, I, I looked over and I said, oh my God, I'm not that good because I never believed I could be good. And so I didn't practice that hard, you know? But it all stemmed from the belief I had. 
So the reason I share that with you is that I think this happens a lot with people in their weight loss, that if you try to lose weight a lot on diets, if you struggle with your weight and what you're doing, that you start to believe, you create this belief, oh, my genetics are off, or there's something wrong with me, or I don't have the willpower, I don't, you know, whatever story you tell yourself, you start believing it, and that belief hides the fact that what's really dictating your weight is your lifestyle, your eating, and ultimately how you're thinking. You know, again, that belief is part of your mindset. And so we can miss obvious solutions because of how we think about stuff. And I just wanna leave you with this, that ultimately your weight is the reflection of how you habitually eat and how you live. And so if you wanna change these things, that's what you need to change. And changing those things is a process. You don't just change it one day and become a thin person. You develop the skill just like you would if you wanted to learn a musical instrument, if you wanted to learn a language, if you wanted to learn a skill, a hobby. It's never ending and always growing and evolving. And I think if you approach it that way, it's much more accurate and it sets you up for much more success, okay? Because this idea that you're just gonna change one day and be a different person and live that way forever is silly. You see? And so again, it's more the strategy than it is who you are, all right? So I hope I, I'll leave you with that, that you always get another chance to turn it all around. And uh, I think I think even the session I give you, listen to that, because it'll, you'll, you'll feel, I can guarantee you, if you listen to that hypnosis session I put up there, and by the way, you don't have to go into hypnosis. I just want to make that clear. Hypnosis is misunderstood as a trance state, but really what hypnosis is, it's the process of influencing your subconscious mind. Every time you watch a TV show or a movie, you're, it's, it's hypnosis, okay? You're sitting there, hypnosis is just bypassing the critical faculty. And so when you're watching a movie, you are not there like, well, I'm just watching light on a screen. This is just sound waves coming from a speaker. I'm just sitting on myself in my house. None of this is real. This isn't real. These are just actors that are just pretending to say lines written by writers that wrote it. You know, you're not doing that. What are you doing? You're just, you're allowing yourself to be absorbed into the movie or the TV show. And you have mirror neurons that allow you to vicariously experience whatever you're watching. And because your subconscious mind can't tell the difference between vivid imagination and reality, when you allow your imagination to absorb the movie, the TV show, you get that experience to some level, right? You watch a horror movie and you're tense and nervous. You watch a sporting event and you literally are releasing adrenaline as if you were competing. You watch a comedy and you're laughing, you know? And so you have literal responses from hypnosis and using your imagination. And so when you use this intentionally, you can really get completely different results in your life, you know? And I just, so I hope if I can leave you with a sense of optimism that there are, there are solutions, there are answers that are around you, you know, um, that you may not have noticed or seen, all right? Cool, everyone. All right. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you listening. It's, it's been an honor. I, I love helping out if I've been able to. And uh, again, if you want to go check out that session, go listen to it. And there's a training on there as well, you know, help you out, I, I believe. So, so thanks, everyone. Have a great day. We'll talk soon. Bye.